This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Fashion brands and retailers will always use stylish products, hip branding, and slick marketing to set themselves apart to consumers. But on the inside of the industry, in this B2B space where we all live, Supply chain excellence, driven by seamless technology, isn't just important, it's emerging as a major competitive differentiator. I'm Edward Hertzman, founder and president of Sourcing Journal, and I'm here today with Shirag Patal, president of supply chain technology company Bamboo Rose, and Shaker Nat Rajan, chief supply chain officer at American Eagle Outfitters, to discuss the role technology plays in driving supply chain agility and resilience, and why it's worth the investment. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So, Shaker, I'd like to start with you. It's clear that supply chain transformation was a strategic priority for American Eagle even prior to the disruption caused by the pandemic over the past 20 to 22 months. How did the investments and improvements you already made drive resilience throughout this pandemic? So, American Eagle has... Um as a retailer has been always on the forefront of uh, investments when it comes to supply chain. So we probably are the first in the industry to go to omni-channel retailing distribution and supply chain. We're all actually built with that capability to be able to like be channel agnostic. Uh, and this was in 2014. So we had the very first distribution center, which did that. And to, to just put it in context, Walmart actually does 50 billion units a year. American Eagle does like 225 million units a year. So what American Eagle does in a year, Walmart does in a day and a half, right? And Target does in like 13 days. So as the digital penetration increases, and that's what we've seen all along, the the model that we were employing from an operating perspective, like, you know, of building larger distribution centers and basically like, you know, meeting the capacity challenges was something we wanted to rethink. And so we laid out a strategy to say, how do we get closer to the end consumer, but doing it in a smarter way? And that needed a lot of scientific thinking. It's not like brute force, you know, you just don't like just willy-nilly go place the inventory across the network. We just have to have science to figure out like what inventory goes where and how, and to be able to deploy that in a rapid fashion. So that's the network we ended up creating. COVID just accelerated that entire structure for us. So Shirag, how do you help your retail clients shift the perception of the supply chain organization from a cost center to a strategic differentiator? You know, maybe perhaps to give a larger view, Bamboros is a multi-enterprise platform. What we mean by that is that every node in a retailer's value chain 
from innovation through supply chain is a strategic process that they go through. It's not just the process of product design development that starts the innovation, strategic differentiation. It's the progression into global sourcing and from global regions into global markets, uh, ensuring that you've got the supply network completely uh, tuned to that global demand and then delivering the products through an international supply chain to the right markets. You've got uh, other verifications with larger retailers in industries such as Home Depot or Target or Walmart that are virtualizing their supply chain, the uh, verticalizing supply chain, sorry, they're buying you know, a lot of supply chain processes uh, in-house and bringing it in-house versus leveraging other service providers. That shows that having that product in the store or in the home of the end consumer uh, is a strategic differentiator. It is, you know, not just a bottom line impact, but it's a top line impact for growth. Shaker, how is American Eagle's partnerships and collaborations with his supply chain partner community help the organization drive supply, ch supply chain visibility and agility over the past couple of years? So the, the practices that we have in the supply chain today are not really sustainable. Well, think about it, right? Like, you know, you get, a, you get like four packages handed to you by an Amazon driver, at the same time, a FedEx driver shows up and like 15 minutes later, a UPS driver shows up and then you have like USPS showing up at your doorstep. And if you like haven't gone out and had dinner and you want like food delivered to your house, you probably have a DoorDash or someone come deliver food to you. So what we had engineered is to do it like first principles. Let's figure out how do we take the last mile, which is a very flawed term today like you know people talk about last mile but in a very loose way last mile for most retailers mid retailers is last 1300 miles it's not last mile because you don't have the scale efficiency to get it to the last mile so what we are able to do is create this edge network and the edge network creates two possibilities which is what you're bringing up which is being able to tap into demand and capacity in a very fluent way we're able to like you know bring diversity to our network through this edge network we're not relying on the national carriers, not relying on basically like, you know, big trucks and, and pr providing that consolidation services to the end consumer. Through this network that we created, we are able to reduce the number of split shipments. Industry average is about 1.4. So for every order you place, you get 1.4 shipments. We are able to do it at 1.05, right? So those are like, you know, fewer packages showing up at your doorstep. It's showing up faster at your doorstep. But more importantly, it is actually showing up cheaper as well. In the past six months or so, give or take, uh, you guys purchased two large logistics companies. Are you trying to take more of the, you know, the first middle and last mile into your own hands and control and own that distribution and not rely on third parties? Well, we think that that everyone who's like shipping about 225 million units in a disrupted world of logistics is not going to have the buying power to do it alone. So we see that as a business opportunity. So what we are trying to create is an operations platform, which brings all these different one-on-one -on -one relationships that the industry and the companies have done for this longest time, creating this analog supply chain and put them into a platform that everyone can actually source out of it. Whether you want fulfillment, whether you want like last mile, middle mile, you want to actually like move product you know, through the ocean, on the air, however you want to use, is there a shared way of doing it, an open platform? People are really going to have to own their brand, that point of differentiation, but there's going to have to be some pre-competitive collaboration because you're not going to have the buying power to be able to really stand out. The, the technology is, is going to evolve. It's, it's going to take time. Absolutely. 
right? Like, so we are, you know, it's, 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 it's a classic problem of intent sharing where the intentions of a non-autonomous system and an autonomous system causes conflicts and the infrastructure is not ready for that. Supply chains are best when they are scaled. So that, that's why Amazon is able to do what it's able to do. If you're only moving 5,000 packages, there are only 5,000 where you can actually like skin the cat. If you move like 50 million packages, there are a lot of opportunities to skin that cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And that's where the scale economics comes in. And that's where like, you know, everyone trying to do themselves, creating this lane is a problem. The, the networks are never like going like across at all. They're staying in their lanes. When you print a FedEx label, it goes on a FedEx network. When you print a UPS label, it goes on a UPS you know, network. They're not able to crisscross the networks. And those are highly inefficient networks. Let's follow up on this, this last mile conversation, Chirag. You know, obviously, exceptional last mile fulfillment and seamless customer experience require an optimized domestic distribution network. Well, what's the role of the international supply chain, you know, especially the second and third tier suppliers and international logistic partners in supporting great customer experiences? Oh, it's the first thousand miles that we believe the supply chain, global supply chain starts. And we don't think it starts at the stage of where inventory is moving. It's a point where you're looking at all your vendor network. Do your vendors have the right competencies, the certifications, and the right regions can this serve the right global markets that you want to eventually move the inventory into? Do they have the right capacities? And I think when you mentioned it earlier, Eddie, do they follow the right supply chain practices to be ESG compliant? I think there's been a very historical practice of drawing a big wall between international supply chain and then the more of the domestic network. And I think you have to now connect the two and let, let the entire synchronization be end-to-end. And it's not just supply chain, no longer is just the movement of inventory. It even starts earlier than that when you have to get sure your supply verified through your entire network. And that's where we believe the international supply chain or the global supply chain draws a lot of importance. So I keep bringing up this, uh, this term agility, agility, agility. I really think this is going to be a, a point of differentiation and it's really going to separate the winners from the losers. When you sold a product on a Sunday, you have a sales discussion on a Monday, you allocate on a Tuesday, the warehouse picks on a Thursday. You basically dispatch the truck on a Monday again because Friday, Saturday and Sunday is not like a pickup day for most of the carriers and they're getting into the seven day business now. And then it stores shows up in the store the following week, Thursday or Friday. From the time you sold a pair of jeans to the time it actually shows up at the doorstep of a store to be unpacked, not yet unpacked, is about 14 days on an average. Sometimes it's faster, sometimes it's slower, right? So now we have created an edge logistics network where what we've done is we have taken the inventory from the stores, the forward weeks of supply that we carry in the back room for the inflexibility we had created in the supply chain structure to pull that back into this edge network. And we're able to service the stores within two to three days. That's the average it takes. So what has that done to us? One, it prevented us from pre-committing the inventory into the stores way in advance, even before like, like the demand showed up. And it gives us fine control on the you know, allocation activities. It's, you know, we're able to say, go left, go right, go to the store, go to that store. So the content of and the quality of inventory in the stores is much richer because you're not pre-deploying the inventory in anticipation of the sale. And because it's a multi-channel inventory, it may not be ever consumed in the store network, it now is available for digital to be consumed. 
and it's also closer to the end end consumer so if you look at our performance our inventory productivity is up like 1700 basis point <laughs> right our growth our gross margins are up like from 37% to 44% and delivery productivity as a percent of digital sales is down 250 basis point i don't know if any retailer can say that today how has supply chain agility and responsiveness across domestic and international networks enabled american eagle to introduce new products and brands to market at a record speed and to keep pace with consumer trends and expectations we have actually created a lot of sources of supply for ourselves from our manufacturing partners perspective we use a lot of combo models like you know air sea sea air ocean air coming into different ports coming like you know using different modes of transportation all to create flexibility in our supply chain to be able to access those goods cheaper and faster and as we as we see the demand we are chasing the demand and that's been at the heart of our performance as a company right and bamboo rose plays a very big role in all of this because you know they are one of our partners who actually and help the end to end like pure management systems for us but if you had the same exact product and the same exact stores and the same exact website and the same exact models and all this but didn't have that supply chain that you built if other retailers don't start to adapt a similar model are they destined for failure if you don't have scale economics and if you're not playing in a smarter operating model you're destined to lose because the cost per transaction on a supply chain is much higher for every four items that you buy in a store digital produces one transaction so you're going from one to four transactions which are coming to your house mm-hmm. at that like the fulfillment cost plus the plus the shipping cost is simply like astronomically bigger than the growth in the revenue you're going to get if the you know the revenue is growing at like 5% if the supply chain cost is growing at like 20% because digital is growing faster mm-hmm. then your margins are going to be lower ebit is going to be lower so you're going to be valued less so you get into this debt spiral i have one more question Uh, for both of you. So let's start uh, Shaker from from your point of view at American Eagle as well as your past roles. How do you view the role of technology in supply chain transformation? Every company should live in the intersection of operations, innovation and technology. Every company. And that's where the magic is. If you if you're not going to be accepting of technology and what technology brings to you and if you don't have the visibility, all supply chains are going to get opaque. but you got to tie yourself into the right forms of technology you know you cannot like build like monolithic systems you have to have basically microservices to be able to solve the specific problems you have you're dealing with a lot of retailers and brands and wholesalers every single day despite all the case studies we're hearing why is it so difficult when you could prove the value the money savings the time efficiencies all of these benefits it's so hard to get so many retailers and brands to adapt this technology why is this we realized that there've been a lot of legacy mindsets in retail and merchandising that tend to work in a very linear process some of our customers have actually said the pandemic has forced them to rethink all this legacy processes and we've got customers that reduce their cycle time by as much as 50% but just challenging the basics and they were able to do twice as much with half the staff so so you know um it, you know technology's enabler it's the having the audacity the guts the vision working through a lot of internal chaos 
to have a clear picture on how to adapt that technology to keep your entire value chain fluid. Um, I hope people listening have been inspired by what they heard today to really, really go out and make some actual changes in their day-to-day -day business operations. I want to thank you both for, for joining me and uh, hopefully you'll uh, come back and uh, speak to us in early 2022. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you, Ed.